1: Top cut. welcome to the top cut.
2: Top cut. Welcome to the top cut. Welcome to the top cut. Welcome to the top cut. Hello everybody and welcome into today's episode of the Top Cut Yu-Gi-Oh podcast. My name is Sunny. I am here with my co-host uh, G- Swift Birdman Joe. How are you doing? <laughs>
0: That is a good one. That is a that is a really good one. I'm You're, uh, I'm really
2: loving getting your reactions to these
0: Swift Birdman. I have a copy of Swift Birdman Joe somewhere. That was that's a playground staple card right there, Swift Birdman Joe.
2: And uh, I have the next one lined
0: out too. Okay. So well, stay I will tuned say, for that one. Um, I will say, uh, Neshi has already dubbed me a uh, Crystal Beast Cobalt Skyhawk. Actually, no, I dubbed I dubbed myself that. As uh, everybody else has just kind of gone with a joke. But uh, Swift Swift Birdman Joe is, is a work of art. That is good.
2: Swift Birdman Skyhawk.
0: Yep, exactly. Skyhawk Birdman Joe. So. <laughs> yeah,
2: Swift Birdman Isaac.
0: I like that. Uh, that'll do So
2: it. with that... Let's go ahead and get on into today's uh, podcast. Of course, we want to start by thanking all of our wonderful sponsors. So a huge thank you, of course, to ETB Games as well as Steel Fox Games. What are
0: you, what are you laughing at you me were, for? All I'm doing almost, is the intro. No, 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 no. no. You, you were this close. I could hear it. You were this close to not reading out the sponsors. You're like, we're going to go ahead into today's episode. And, of course, we'll thank our sponsors. You were this close. To just That's how we right start the it. episode, obviously. So,
2: thank you to Steel Fox and ETB Games for their continued support of the podcast. Be sure to check out uh, the ETB Games case tournament for uh, Age of Overlord. I think it's going to be September 28th. And I cannot confirm the Steel Fox case tournament, uh, but the Steel Fox case tournament, I think, is September. 14th i think is the date something like that are you thinking thinking Um, october 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 14th and 28th Mm uh so which if you go to the steel fox one, you won't actually get your product until the set releases because they can't give it out but they'll ship it to you so um so be sure to check those out also, we want to thank our affiliate sponsors, which are Dragon Shield and TCG Player. If you just click those links in the description before you shop, it costs you nothing extra to support the podcast. Of course, if you do want to get some discounts, you can be sure to check out our affiliate links for gem accessories. I think it's 10% off. And of course, be sure to check out Tier Zero Games for 5% off. Top uh, top and five. Tier Zero Games... Yep, Top Cup 5, the code. Uh, there's also like an affiliate link that you can just click, I think, but be sure to do the code top cut five and then we'll also have a code top cut five for grimoire as soon as that gets set up but they need to get to a thousand followers on twitter actually to set up that for reasons that i'm not going to get into so be sure to go follow at grimoire tcg on twitter uh, we need to get them to a thousand followers so uh go ahead give them a follow uh they have a new drop of playmats coming soon be sure to check that out uh our teespring store uh be sure to join our discord and uh, yeah be sure to check out our patreon for an extra episode every week uh and with that uh I do want to give a little bit of a uh not shout out whatever the opposite of a shout out is uh i want to demand better of our patrons listen come on guys these names are getting stale we, we gotta we gotta mix it up with the names Yeah, uh, when i'm getting through the whole list in three breaths that's that's Come on, we gotta we gotta get funnier names I, in here. Uh,
0: to be fair, I think the current batch of names is 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 a pretty incredible list. So I can I can there are definitely oh, for some sure. people I can I can see not wanting to change them because they're really good. But keep it in the back of your mind. Keep it in the back of your head.
2: Yeah, for sure. So, with that said, let's go ahead and get on into the bulk of today's topics. Uh, we're gonna go ahead and start with some little bits and pieces of really small news here and there. Uh, and then we have one bigger topic to hit at the later on and towards the end of the episode. I will say this episode's a little light on the news and we don't really it's like we have enough news to talk about news and it's like it's weird, right? Because there's enough news to actually have a news discussion, but there's also just enough towards we don't really have time to get on into like a big meta discussion. So, it leaves us in this weird in between where not enough news for a whole news episode, but too much news to do multiple things. So this one, we might ramble a bit here and there on certain topics, yep. specifically probably the OCG ban list. But yeah. before we get to that, which is the big one, let's do all the little ones.
0: Yep. Uh, and I do want to say uh, it's been uh, about one as of time of airing. It'll have been about like a day and seven hours uh since the rise heart was banned uh, and i just want to say good riddance uh we'll we'll have a meta breakdown for y'all once it starts to shape up uh we'll have some events probably over the next couple weeks this is
2: the new season
0: is this the new season i might have to this change. is actually the start of the new season we messed I might it have up to, I might oh have to go, no i might have to go change some numbers <laughs> i i totally forgot it worked that way uh i don't yeah, hmm. I forgot that we did it when the new Banlist takes I'll, effect. Uh, I'll, I'll I, I some, forgot. I'll do some shimmying around. I'll, I'll make it work on the back end. Uh, but, or we can just leave it. <laughs> we'll see. Um, no, we should change it for posterity's sake. That's true. I will go back and change it. Um, so, we, for TCG, there's really only one piece of news. Um, they did announce regional locations for Age of Overlord. So, if you want to check to see if there's a regional near you, you can go to the yes. community website and go check that out. Sadly, uh in my local news uh that the regional is in calgary again and not edmonton uh so we'll see if i decide i want to drive down there but uh, uh i was Far hoping drive i was hoping they'd alternate uh it's about two and a half hours which is not bad but is something that i may not choose to do
2: uh- <laughs> oh wow i have basically i have three regionals that are drivable for me mm-hmm. one is in dallas which is it's actually in fort worth which is like four and a half hours yep. um and I almost always go to Fort Worth because I, I I generally like it. I think it's a pretty good regional. It's a good location, things like that. But the other one is either I can either go to Houston or I can go to Mendenhall, Mississippi. Houston's about four to four and a half hours depending on which route that I take. And uh, Menden Hall, Mississippi is also it's like right at four hours. The difference is that if I go to Houston, It's a lot farther and a lot more gas, but it's all interstate. So I can do, like, 80 miles an hour, 85 miles an hour the whole way. But when I get there, I'm in this, this huge city where there's a ton of traffic and there's, like, toll roads that you have to navigate. Navigating the city of Houston is a nightmare. And then... But when I get there, the shop there is ridiculous. I mean, it's insane how big and nice the shop is. And also this is gonna sound weird because there's so many more people the competition i feel like is not as crazy like the top 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 of the of the of the player base there like the top like 10 players maybe 20 even are like like ycs champion level players but the bottom like 500 are gonna be like just normal people okay so whereas if you go to Mississippi, there's only going to be like 80 people at the regional, but like 20 of them had either topped or won a YCS.
0: <laughs> so uh, I have, there's an interesting Twitter take, actually. Maybe I can get your quick thoughts on it based on that. I saw somebody post the other day that it was easier to top the NAWCQ than it is to top any YCS or regional because the huge wide base of players. Uh, means that on average, you're play- over the course of a long round of Swiss, you're playing against worse opponents. Uh, I personally am not so sure about that because everybody who shows up to that event has at least gotten their invite. So you're exactly already, you're already playing against like at let's say the like the generous view of that is that you're playing against like the top thirty three percent of players. So right, unless, which is wrong, but yeah, yeah, it's like like. It, I, I, you can't i don't think i know you're going to go because like invites don't
2: go down it's not true cuz people get their invites over and over and over
0: that's true but you also have like a lot of locations where invites might be different right like you said at those like smaller regionals um uh, and at ots championships uh, as but, well like small, there's small there are smaller events right it's it's probably not 33 i'm, I'm being like that's why i said i'm being like as desperate sure, as sure, possible sure. like maybe there's a huge number of people who qualify yeah. on like last chance qualifiers right like, closer. Like, you're already in the top ten percent. But yeah, sure, we'll go with whatever. Even if, even at like that charitable of a like interpretation of it, ten percent is charitable, like, in my opinion. but That's still like, it, it would still be like the top third or the top ten percent of players, right? So I don't. It's it's maybe if you think you're better than everyone else, then maybe it's true. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, but if that's yeah, the case, sure. if that's the case, then it's true everywhere you would go. So I don't know. Okay. I think it's a bit, let
2: different. me hit you with some numbers and I'll, let me get you, I'll get your thoughts right. on
0: these okay. numbers. Let's hear it.
2: If, and this pertains to this. Okay. There are. a Just shy of like 400 million people. Mm-hmm. Right. In the United States and Canada, just United States and Canada. There's probably like 380-ish million people. Because I think the United States is like 340, something like that. And Canada's like, what, 40 million?
0: Probably between 40 and 42, yeah.
2: Okay. So there's like 380, 390, somewhere in that range. Let's just say 380 million people. Of those 380 million people, how many do you think play Yu-Gi-Oh? Just play Yu-Gi-Oh. At any level, casually,
0: competitively, just play That Yuki. Go to like tournaments in person, or or I, I'll say the say baseline like is they the go to locals. Okay, I I guess probably twenty thousand, maybe maybe twenty five.
2: I think twenty 000 to twenty five thousand is really on the low side. Okay, how many people at your locals do you know that go to locals? Even if they only go. You know, once every other week or once a month, they go to locals, but they will not even go to a regional because it's, like, too
0: competitive. Quite a bit. I'd say probably. right. I so say it, probably, like, probably half of them. Exactly.
2: The locals around me are the same way. We had to convince a friend of mine to go to a regional one time just to play Time Wizard because even that, he was like, no, nah, it's too competitive. And... I think that there's this huge misunderstanding with how competitive regionals are specifically. And while I do think that you have to be at least competent to top a regional or better, right? I I would argue that you have to be pretty decent to top a regional. To To top it, you have to be good. But to get your invite, I think you have to be at least be like decent, like understand things. And as far as understanding your deck, you have to really understand that. But if you look at, say, a 500-man regional, there's 48 invites that go out to that 500-man regional. So you're already talking about, of the population that actually attends regionals and above, only 10% of those players even get their invites. And then the amount of those that are going to take, and that's we're not even talking about people that get repeat invites, that go every time. I was just talking to Gary, GGYGO, like an hour ago. He said he's, we're already, we're not even done with the first season of this stretch. He's already got multiple invites. So when you look at the population of players that go to regionals, which eliminates half easily already, tops regionals, which is only 10% of those. And if you take out the repeats, you're looking at maybe 4% of players that even appear that even get an invite to nationals. And then of the people that get invites to nationals, how many are actually going? At the regional that you went to, how many of the people at the last regional that you, well, the last regional you topped was remote, the last in-person regional you played in, or even the one that you judged, how many of the of the players that got invites are actually going to make the flight
0: out to nationals?
2: Maybe two or three of them,
0: uh, right? Probably like, five. Probably five or six we got we got some grinders but that's still small. okay like that's right so,
2: like the sample size for something like this is so small like like maybe three the top three percent even appear at nationals and then of the top three percent that appear at nationals that's three thousand people at the most recent nationals. You're talking about the top 64 top the event, maybe 128. Like, I don't think people realize how difficult of a task that is. So, I would say topping a regional or topping a YCS is not harder than topping nationals because when you get to nationals, the NAWCQ, you're already talking about the top 3% of players are in attendance. And then of those 3%, you're telling me you have to be 64 out of maybe even even on a year where you don't have a million people with their invites all playing, right? You're still talking about the top, you know, 2% of the top 3% topping. That to me is an extraordinary amount of skill it takes to top that event. <laughs> So I I whole not only do I disagree with that take I disagree with that take on a fundamental like mathematics standpoint.
0: Well, uh, speaking of topping regionals, that brings us to the other piece. Sorry, of, uh, TCG I news. That was a big rant. No, this is good. I'm sorry, I, I didn't think, mean I didn't mean for that to be a whole big thing. I think I th- no, I think it's worth making it a whole big thing. I think it's a I think it's an important thing to talk about. Not only how difficult an accomplishment it is, but also like where the Ooh, majority of players. Who are, said that? Right?
2: Or do you not want to say? Do you want I, to tell
0: me off the podcast? I do not. I, to be real with you, I don't remember who it is. Uh, the account Fair is enough. rather annoying. I'll put it that way. Um, so this okay. is the uh, the other piece of news. Is Speaking of topping regionals, we did get the reveal for the uh, uh, playmat that you get for topping an Age of Overlord regional. Uh, they're sticking with the black deck box, which I really like. I'm hoping I can snag one of those. And uh, the mat is Dark Hole Dragon, and if you have not seen it, I'll link it in the description. I might put it up here in the video. Um, right here, right here, about fifteen a, minutes in, right here. It is a, it is, it is genuinely beautiful. Uh, it's got uh, Dark Hole Dragon kind of coming out of the miasma, well, coming out of the the black hole, coming out of the dark hole, and uh, the zones are f- amazing. The full like extended art is very cool. Um, it's. As much as we have had the discussion about uh, mats as pricing being kind of crummy, they, it, they the last probably seven or eight have all just been bangers. Like, the Chaos one was maybe mid. I think it's probably the weakest one was the Cyberstorm Access one. But the rest of them have been really, really sick.
2: I mean, just because the play mats aren't good enough prizing for topping an event doesn't mean they have to suck right like they can still be awesome and they consistently are
0: yep i agree so that's kind of all we have for uh tcg news there are like a couple we of, have a couple other things yeah there's a couple of other discussion topics before we get into the big thing which is the ocg ban list so the first one is that um we we talked about this probably a month ago or so uh, with the price increase for european ycs's uh, almost doubled in fact and there was some speculation that that yeah. might just be a one event thing uh, maybe due to the venue or maybe due to something else uh, but they announced I-, I believe it's a YCS in Italy that they announced uh, I can't remember the exact location but uh, the the price for that event is the same as Dortmund was so it looks like the Bologna double, uh... Bologna, Italy I'm, I'm,
2: I'm gonna look that up I'm, <laughs> it's, I'm telling you it's it's bologna italy is it because i was trying to decide whether or not i could go and i can't is it
0: Bochum or bologna no Bochum would it's, be germany B-
2: Bochum is in germany it's bologna
0: uh yep nope you are correct it is bologna italy um anyway the uh <laughs> immense w the the so the price of that event is exactly skyhawk the same misinformation as. counter the skyhawk misinformation counter has gone up one. Um but to be fair, I said I was going to look it up and I said it might have been. And done. you did say it was Italy, which is correct. Yeah, I just uh, I know the I know the place, I just don't know the city's. Uh, apologies to Nesh, I guess. Um, I so, guess more importantly, the sunny misinformation counter did not go up. Yes, correct. The sunny the sunny correct information <laughs> counter has been going up exponentially. Um, so the the price is doubled. Still, so we know now it's not a venue issue. This is just how Konami EU is going to do it. Um, it is, it sucks. Uh, and Dortmund did take longer yeah. to sell out than some other events have, but it did sell out. So clearly the demand is there that they feel like they can justify that price increase. Uh, I hope that for this event, it comes with an increase in pricing, but it's unlikely. Uh, I suspect this might be to prevent having the Pokemon issue. Uh, for those of you who follow Tatsim on Twitter, uh Tatsim has been like desperately trying to register for a Pokemon uh, TCG regional and has been has not been able to every time because they sell out in like 10 seconds. And I it could be that Konami is trying to avoid that, but I mean, we saw I don't they, think that's it. We saw what they did for London, right? They're clearly capable of of um, finding venues that can house a lot of people if if they feel like the registrations will be that high. So it's likely that this is just the way that price is. And it seems like EU players are now going to be playing more, pay, paying more for sealed product as well. Um, distributors, uh, especially the rarity collection seems to be marked up, as were the tins. It is here too. The rarity collection is w- way more expensive here. Hmm... Well,
2: I don't know if you've seen that. It's like seven dollars a pack.
0: Oh, I think I think um, on initial pre-orders it wasn't, but it's expensive now because of the demand for it. Uh, like,
2: no, I, I think the the initial announced MSRP is like seven dollars per pack. Okay, for five card packs. I am not.
0: Yeah. Uh, I am not going to comment on it so as to not raise my uh, disinformation counter. No, no, uh, I
2: may I may have mis- raised my uh, disinformation counter.
0: That's true. Um, see I'm not taking risks you're taking risks and I admire you for that um, I was objectively incorrect
2: the Sunny misinformation counter rises up one Oh, it shows 4 per pack which is still full MSRP for five card packs
0: so well uh, uh, unfortunately for Sunny's disinformation counter it will have to go up but uh, we admire your sacrifice uh, the second uh, Indeed. <laughs> so the last piece of tcg-ish related news is not really a news piece it's just kind of an interesting thing that i noticed that i wanted to talk about so you know on the podcast we we criticized the uh the silver dark magician uh and and i think at the time there maybe was some debate because like the the blue eyes is worth a fair bit of money and even though they have the price on this maybe people will talk about it uh the blue eyes sold out rather quickly if i remember correctly uh and the uh the dark magician the TCG account, like almost every other day, is posting trying to get people to buy it, and that means people are not yeah. buying it. <laughs> like, they, no, they, they aren't. They never push stuff this hard. Like, when was the last time you saw them posting multiple times about like buy a box of Dune post release? Aside from like the release date and the release celebration, they don't. And the reason for that is because yeah, people aren't buying it. <laughs> <laughs> And I think that's good. I I think it's a good thing. I think, okay.
2: I I, want to come back to the YCS prizing after this, because I did have a little bit that I wanted to say on that. But Mm. uh, as far as this, it's really weird. And it's really interesting to me because Yu-Gi-Oh! is a little bit different from Magic the Gathering and Pokemon in that, magic the gathering has black lotus it also has eight other cards in the power nine and has a bunch of one-off cards here and there sure but it has black lotus pokemon has charizard it objectively has charizard right like like you can say pikachu sure pikachu is probably more recognizable but the thing that's always going to sell a set is having a special collector Charizard. A special collector Pikachu is not going to sell a set, right? The only special collector Pikachu card really out there is the, the illustrator. illustrator Pikachu. Yeah, and that's and that's only because it's like a one-of-one one kind of thing. Not even because it's or, well, or one of whatever it is, like five or whatever. I, I don't know. It's, it's a rarity thing, not a hype thing. Charizard is Pokemon's hype thing. And while everyone always has like their favorite Pokemon, it's Charizard. Charizard's the one. Charizard is that guy. So it's interesting because in Yu-Gi-Oh, you have blue eyes, but you also have Dark Magician. And it's always a toss up as to which one is everyone's favorite. And for a long time, I think that Konami has been very comfortable being able to capitalize on both they have the entire dark magician archetype but they also have a blue eyes archetype right for a long time they could do okay we're doing a blue eyes thing and we're doing a dark magician thing it's the two things well now they're starting to realize that the hype of the blue eyes has outgained the hype of dark magician in most ways and we're at the point where the platinum blue eyes that's gonna sell but the platinum dark magician, you already did a platinum blue eyes, you already did the white whale. Like, like, dark magician girl has more chase value than dark magician because of the waifu factor. So, I, I don't think that dark magician is any more in a look in his place where dark magician is going to sell as well as yeah, blue eyes. The mention. only time that the only time recently that dark magician got something that blue eyes didn't was the Adidas collection
0: didn't No, maybe i'm misremembering that but the, yeah and plus i'm pretty the, sure it was the, like dark the, magician. it was dark magician yeah the other um the other piece there is that this one was 1400 usd and the blue eyes was a thousand on release it's been two years yeah but that price difference is like unjustifiable i think so uh, yeah i agree thank you to the collector community for not purchasing this product uh it sends a strong message uh and i hope you'll stick it out Uh, maybe if they like, agreed. If they do like a slash discount and they sell it for fifty, maybe. And if like, if you really want something like this, you can on like the official merch store, fifty percent or fifty dollars. Fifty dollars. Uh, you can get the. (laughs) (laughs) If you want something similar to this, that's not like unbelievably expensive. They actually do have like kind of these like metal slab cards on the merch store, and sometimes they're discounted pretty cheap um you can get like their silver and gold versions of them uh and those are cool and they don't cost fourteen hundred dollars um they're often not, not even a little yeah sometimes ycs vendors have them too i remember at london they had a whole bunch of them um mm-hmm. and those are cool um get those instead very cool yeah make get them to get them to make more versions Agreed. of those you want to lead us into mm-hmm. the big topic uh i want to talk i want to just like
2: jump back onto the eu YCS price increase real quick do it uh I kind of you were kind of on a roll and I didn't want to interrupt you Mm -hmm. because I'm trying to get better about that. Uh, As far as that goes on my side, I think that a lot of it. I think it's become unsustainable for Konami to price the events at what they're pricing them at due to the due to the popularity of the event. They're having to rent bigger and bigger venues like at 20 euros per person, 3000 people. That's 60,000 euros to book that one to to, that they brought in at YCS London right and 27 euros whatever 90,000 euros they brought in let's just say let's just say that 27,000 times three is 81,000 and they got another nine from vendors paying to have spots so you're looking at 90,000 euros I think they probably lost money on that even if you say that from the manufacturers that print the cards they got all of the cards for prizing and all of the prizing everything for 5000 which i would say is underselling it right i understand they get the cards significantly cheaper than even distributors but i think 5000 for everything that they gave away is probably underselling it i think they probably had 20 plus 1000 just in staffing costs uh, I mean, the money that they paid to have even just Wi-Fi access for thousands of people, the money that they paid to have the whole stream set up, brought in, and and you know set up, and then the money itself for the actual venue, they probably paid thirty thousand a day for the room. I mean, that's a big room. They, those things are very expensive, especially at a major convention center in you know in London. I, I don't think that the cost of these buildings has gone down with COVID. And these events have been $20 forever and ever and ever and ever. So, even with the price, I think that's a part of the reason that they're raising the MSRP on sets is so that they can justify charging more money for entry to the events because the MSRP of the product has gone up. And I think that all of these convention centers, all of these convention halls, are charging more money post-COVID because so many industries are wanting to have events in these event centers. So I think because of that, you have an enormous amount of people booking these event centers, booking these spaces. With with all of that competition, pricing heats up and Konami has to charge more because they cannot afford to keep losing huge amounts of money. Now, do I have absolutely anything other than funny numbers in my head that make it add up no i don't have anything other than that but that to me is what makes the most sense because i just don't think that they i i not only do i not think they're making any money i think they're probably
0: losing significant amounts of money on this event okay on any of these events all right uh i'm gonna come in uh i'm gonna come in swinging with the flame and fist here um i think that sucks uh and and honestly i didn't say it was cool (laughs) yeah well no so let me that was that was poor phrasing actually uh i think i think it has probably always been true that they lose money on these events and i have zero sympathy for that um the 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 ycs events are essentially gigantic advertisements if we're looking at it when you run uh when you run a stream and and you run a community they're essentially like it's the pinnacle of the experience right in theory you lose money on any advertisement right but having ycs's and having them be accessible is what keeps a lot of like the people who spend most of the money on the game in the game and it's what keeps a lot of casual audiences like watching and following and it keeps the content ecosystem running uh it keeps the local ecosystem running for people who want to get better um i think i cannot i could understand raising the price a little bit but to double it i think is obscene. this is not a small, I mean, indie what, company. what did the price go to? This is, it doubled from like, it was like 25 to like 50 or 55.
2: I thought it went from 25 to 40, which is a double, but if no, it went to 50, it's, they, that's a lot. They,
0: they literally doubled it. Uh, I'm not saying, I'm not saying you're wrong. I think they probably do lose money. And I think those things are getting more expensive, but for pricing to remain unchanged, except for the entry packs uh is i think obscene if you're going to raise the price that much i think the quality of the the event is not going up in like a meaningful way right um so yet okay but then why are you charging more now that that, i think you have to prove i
2: think (laughs) that before you increase the pricing significantly you have to prove to somebody higher up in the company right some Not just somebody that deals with just the card game side, but also somebody that deals with, you know, the slot machine side or whatever. That it's like, oh, uh, this huge thing that we spend like hundreds of thousands of dollars on a month is just sunk money, right? Like like it sucks, yeah, but in a capitalist company, all they see that as is a huge sink of money. And it's like, okay, yeah. This thing that we're already sinking hundreds of thousands of dollars a month into, with losing money every single time, it it can only be sunk cost for you know for so long. And and you lose money every single time. And then to say, yeah, but we want, and and then we want, then we say, yeah, we want to increase the pricing. We want them to get more out of it, and not ask anything extra. It's like, okay, well, if you increase the pricing, and they're still topping out every venue that they go to it's like yeah look we made more money now that we've shown that this is gonna a consistent thing that will keep going even if we raise the price now we can justify doing way higher prize pools okay
0: that said if the prize pools don't increase then it's just so making the i was making the prize if if your numbers are are right making the prize pool better is like the cheapest part of What they would be doing and raising the price it would be the least expensive thing potentially from everything depends on how they raise the price ball i mean if they
2: if they make it you know towards cash prizing right and they're doing twenty thousand dollars in cash prizing split amongst top cut then like no it's not but
0: yeah but even just like even just marginally making it better would would be a huge thing the other thing too is i don't buy the lose money thing like you go into the red to do th- these events in the same way that you go into the red to run a TV spot on four kids. It's just, like it's, it's, it's a gigantic advertisement it's that appeals to the base. I think it's exactly the same. I, I I do not buy the argument that doubling the price is necessary. I think I think that just there's no world where I think that makes sense. Um, now it's possible.
2: Listen, I'm not that, saying like, I
0: agree with it. I'm not I'm not saying that you I'm not saying that you think it's a good thing. I'm just saying that I don't think going through all of these hoops to do apologetics for Konami on why they would do this is worth it because uh, it's not a small company. It's totally, it's totally fair to be like, there's a whole bunch of levels that stuff probably has to go through. And maybe somebody just like randomly at the high end of the company looked at this and was like, Hey, we're bleeding money on this. You guys have to stop is, is, is reasonable. Right. But it's not a small company. They make an unbelievable amount of money. Konami made more money last year than they have ever made ever true sure. so uh, i uh, but dude and, and, in a different
2: division looking at numbers doesn't see where all this money goes when you make uh, I, I
0: okay but that's their problem that's not ours <laughs> 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 the i the that is true the uh, if they get that wrong that's on them the if you are going to make an unbelievable amount of money, importantly, with Yu-Gi-Oh being a massive driving force of that, if you look at the Master Duel numbers, it is a lot of money that Duel Links even makes an unbelievable amount of money still. Um, Duel Links makes stupid money. Rising, raising the price of in-person events does not make sense to me. So that's my especially. especially is there a, at a number time when... where there's like? It's, is there a
2: number where it's like? Oh yeah, on the European events specifically because of Europe being so much tighter on space, having less event centers, but having more people that it's like, okay, yeah. In Europe, because of the high demand of these convention centers and how much it's costing them, is there a point where you're like, okay, they're, if they're losing this much money per event run, it makes a lot of sense to increase the price. No, is be- there is there a point? Because they don't talk. So if
0: they're losing like, $250,000 every time they run a YCS in oh, Europe. You're like, "Sorry, I misunderstood what you were saying. I thought you were asking if if they had come out and said like this is why we're doing it." And my response would be, "No, like, I'm saying no, they is, is there
2: us. is there a number?"
0: Probably. Yeah. No, they don't give like you to- like for example, um Konami in the US is holding one in the Tokyo Dome. That is pretty extravagant. to expect Konami to do stuff like that for every YCS would be obscene. Like in it, Japan, like, you mean? Yeah, in Japan. Yeah. So like renting out like in like in Toronto, for example, if they wanted to like rent out the Rogers Center to do like a YCS one time, that would be an astronomical amount of money. Like it would make absolute sense to raise the price of entry for that. Uh, and importantly, yeah, but like the Niagara Convention Center is still
2: probably like it, in the f- the the high, not high in the solidly into the five digits just to rent that per
0: day. Yeah, and there's a reason that they moved it to Vancouver. Um, so I think, ra- I don't think raising the price is bad. I don't think bad. Vancouver's any cheaper. I think, I think doubling it is unreasonable. Like... But is there a point where you're like, oh, actually, no, this was reasonable.
2: Like, like if they're, again, if they're losing like a quarter mil every single event okay. that they run, just losing, off of, you know...
0: Okay, if they're losing 250... 250- No, okay, I'm actually, I'm going to swing this in a different direction. This is a game that has a lot higher of an audience, right? How much do you think it costs Riot to put on, like, the League of Legends World Championships, right? Do you think they lose money on that?
2: I think it costs them significantly less money to run that event, except for exactly venue cost. I also think that they make significantly more money on League of Legends than... Yu-Gi-Oh! It's, makes it's, it's an absolutely
0: on Yu-Gi-Oh! It's definitely a different scale, but you compare like that giant stadium to booking for a YCS, right? I this stadium is the only thing that costs more money. The stage
2: costs not that much more. And notably, what you really have to consider here is Konami, on top of having to employ all of the all of the broadcasters. All of the technical staff, all of that. Konami also has to employ hundreds and hundreds of judge staff that have to oversee individual play by play things that you do not have to employ at a League of Legends
0: event because the computer does it all for you. The League probably hires more artists for like music videos and animators and a bunch of stuff. Like, I would be floored if They, they also
2: make more money. Yeah,
0: I would. Yeah, okay. They make more money on their game. I would be floored if they actually made money from the event itself. And that is my point, is that it's a huge advertisement is what it is. The music videos, huge advertisement. The like, <laughs> honestly, on like the animation side of things, I would be floored if uh, like some of the more popular ones have obviously not broke, like done really well for themselves and made money. But if you look at animations for like Valorant, for example, uh, one of the most recent ones, B.B. Noss and Grabbit's, uh, I don't remember the name of the song, um, but like they probably do make some money on it. But at the beginning, it's like a huge loss It's because it's an advertisement. That's what I think these events are. So I, I don't know. Yeah. I, think... I just think that the scale that you're operating at is so different. Okay. I disagree. Well, I agree. I mean, I agree, Lee, Lee, when you, I agree it's one of those the things scale. where it's like, I'm sorry, you go ahead.
2: You know, if I spend, you know, 25% of my monthly income on my mortgage for my house, that is a a lot of money to me right whereas if a billionaire spends 25 percent of their monthly income on their property that they live on it it would be like the fanciest property in the world right so for konami to spend you know five percent of their budget on running this event for this month it's like, that's a ton of money versus when Riot spends their money for this championship event that they only run like once or twice a year, right? They don't run this three times in a month like Konami does. For them to put on this event, it's like, yeah, it cost 5% of our budget this year, uh, but our budget was $200 million, where Konami's like, yeah. That's what we've made in the last 20 years off of Yu Gi Oh! Not quite, but not that. The number's not that far off. It's
0: no, it's not. So, like, it's like 500 million. Again, we look at like the the, we look at the we look at the scale, right? Like, the economies of scale are so different here. So, the company's full year financial results for fiscal year 2022 revenue up 9.9 percent. Their total revenue was 2.3 billion dollars.
2: That's that's
0: riot, right? No, that's that's Konami.
2: Okay, that's so, our total year-on-year year revenue for, okay, for for twenty twenty two. How much of that, how much of that was from the Yu Gi Oh TCG?
0: Okay, not much. This is okay. So the TCG is correct. I'm going to give you uh, an an example of where this logic breaks down. Fire Emblem. Uh, Fire Emblem, the base games they do make good money. They sell really well. But the reason that they could afford to make a game like Fire Emblem Three Houses is because of the astronomical amount of money that Fire Emblem Heroes, which is their mobile game makes. Mm-hmm. The cash cows, you Duel Links and Master Duel, are what fund the rest of the operation, at least as it exists now, right? And it's not that the TCG doesn't make money, they, and they make like astronomical amounts of money off of these. So to squeeze more out of the TCG side of things when it's the TCG side that is already struggling to keep players does not make sense.
2: I think that there is a reason that we get four, maybe five European YCSs a year, whereas we get 10 or 12 American ones a year. It's They, because... should, tell us.
0: <laughs> they should tell us that then. They should tell us why. I'm not
2: disagreeing with that, but... <laughs> If you just take the time to logic it out, then you already know why. We don't need a statement from them to tell us something we already know. But wh- they're what? losing tons of money on this events. Tons we... of money. It's because European
0: dec- events are really really expensive. Because it's a giant advertisement. <laughs> <laughs> I just I do not because you, they
2: have to pay more money for the venues because there's less venues that need to hold more players and you have to pay people way more money to hold these events in Europe because in Europe they have to pay more people that are in more unions and they have to pay more money they have to pay more to the judges everything costs so much more it makes sense that the European events are not the same price forever that the American events are
0: yeah and they don't have to be the same price they just shouldn't double like i i I don't disagree that it's like some like given that they have to make money on the big events that gather the most competitive players i don't know that any company does that like do you think that capcom makes makes money on their events where they have a hundred thousand dollar prize pools for their fighting game tournaments no they don't (laughs) right i I just don't buy that it's necessary that's like i like i tournament packages
2: by the way we paid 25 euros, I think. Was it 25 or 27 euros for YCS London earlier this year?
0: Uh, I'd have to pull it up. It was 20 or 25.
2: Cuz I think it ended up being 27 US dollars. I think mean, it was like 23 or 24 euros. They're oh, no. now 45 euros. They're 45 euros. I'm going to I just website. looked it up. So they did not double. No, it's they... 45 euros. They did double. To enter YCS Bologna let me pull it up it did YPO? not double unless it was 2250 in which case yes it exactly all, all doubled.
0: The, i believe it was 2250 because all the european players have said that it doubled
2: okay well then it
0: doubled. But, but at I least will, it's not after 55 or yeah, 60 after the show I, I will put up the price here uh after the show i will go confirm the exact amount i just i guess my last comment comment on this is that i just don't agree with you i think they can lose money and I'm not importantly. I'm not saying that you're like on the side of Konami here. You're, you've made it very clear that you don't like like that the price is going up and that people have to pay more money to go to to events. I just I right. disagree with the logic that it's like this. I don't think we need to do apologetics for them. I think that they can do better. <laughs> that's my that's my okay. That's my pose.
2: I guess my last closing thought here because we do need to cover the OCG ban list. Yeah, yeah. I,
0: I didn't mean for this
2: to turn into a big thing, d- but yeah. like it's a good discussion. I think that my closing thought on this is that everything is more expensive and astronomically so. And I think that there is a point where everything is so much more expensive that Konami looks at their ledger books and says, we can lose money on this, but we're losing way too much money on this. Like, Doubling the entry cost of this event might not even get them out of the red. It might just lessen the blow. So I think that while I'm not trying to be an apologist, I'm not trying to say that what they're doing is good. I'm saying that from a logistical standpoint, they might really not have any choice. So I just, to me, I think that at this point, we're pretty much all adults and I don't see... 45 euros as being the end all be all granted i'm in very blessed to be in a very good financial situation mostly but to me i understand the frustration especially with the prize pool being not good to be quite frank uh i just i see rising costs and i i can understand where they're coming from as a company so my
0: my again i think
2: i see where you're coming from yeah i really do riot
0: yeah. is maybe an unfair comparison i think capcom is probably the more realistic one um but on that note uh speaking of uh konami uh the ocg yeah. put out their uh, forbidden limited list <laughs> oh and also rush duel comes to duel links i think today oh, as of yeah airing. it's to- yeah probably today as of airing sometime this week um yeah so october 1st 2023 limit regulation in the ocg we have um uh, yeah. so they have they have made more hits to tier uh f- because for the probably the like the 7th list in a row the deck has not died. So two of the uh Ashizu cards are now banned and that's Egido, the Ancient Sentinel and Kelbeck the Ancient Vanguard.
2: This needed to happen. Honestly, this should probably happen in the TCG also, but this definitely needed to happen in the OCG. They absolutely Will not, under any circumstances, give up their immense, immense attachment to the Shizu and to the um,
0: Tier Limit cards. Uh,
2: It was time.
0: I agree. Um, Next up, we've got, uh, I think they should ban the Shufflers, to be honest. The Millers may be our... Uh, they should just ban them all. <laughs> I was trying to be. They never I'm should have made it, them. I'm but... trying to now. I'm trying to do a cheesy apologetics. Uh, okay, so they never should have made them. Speaking of cards that never should have been made, uh, Chaos Ruler, the chaotic magical dragon, is also banned in the OCG. Uh, dude, <laughs> I'm so conflicted on this because it's such a cool card, it cool.
2: That's cool. but it really just cannot exist.
0: It's, this card's so busted. It, yep uh so master duel i think is the only format where this is still legal which makes sense because it's kind of behind both formats um yeah the uh so uh, trish you've got a little bit more time to play with this uh so the reason that this is don't this get is, used to it yeah so this isn't even a dragon's hit this is actually a tier hit because in the ocg they're doing the rev synchron tier stuff where they make uh, they make uh chaos ruler with the uh like the AFD and then the the Rev Synchron coming back. So this... Broken. It's basically another... It's another tier hit as where it is. And then finally... um wow. They are actually behind both of the other formats on this. The OCG has finally banned number 86 heroic champion Ranga Miniad. I don't even think it was doing anything, but I am happy to see it gone. This is
2: the first time. <laughs> if I'm not mistaken, if Twitter is correct... The misinformation counter might jump one here. This is one of the first times, how about that, that they have banned an extra deck floodgate in the OCG. I think, like, Shockmaster is banned, but I think the count on extra deck floodgates being banned in the OCG is
0: very, very low because it's compared like, to the TCG. Uh, is Azathoth banned in the OCG? Because uh, it might be, a, probably. The, the, list, the list might be, like, Shockmaster as a thought um uh, Zexel and uh and this. So it's like it is a really small list. Yeah. I might be. And wrong they're on. all Exes. Yeah, Shocker. <laughs> it's interesting because I think Shockmaster, yeah. The TCG does not
2: Shocker, Shockmaster.
0: Are oh, you going to take my job with the card puns too? Ugh, that's a good one. You're pulling out a Shockmaster right now shut <laughs> up keep going <laughs> okay uh so don't only, don't draw any attention to me there's only i'll uh, ignore I'll,
2: the man with the box
0: i am ignoring the man with the box uh so next up we have tier limits cash tira uh this has moved from unlimited to limited uh so the fa- they had to they had to limit tier cash that is how desperate they have gotten to to tell people to stop playing this deck <laughs> they're like we are banning two of the Ashizu cards we are banning chaos ruler and also tier cash is at one uh, i would also like to point out that true king of all calamities is still limited in the ocg i i cannot believe that that is just so i'm almost positive i might they may i'm pretty sure they banned it i'll have to look no, that up later they didn't. i thought they banned it um so they're... at least as as shocking as it is <laughs> they did not at, at least actually. not at first as a, as our good it friend, it is. It's in uh, my bulk. My, my bulk is all crisp. As our good friend Caitlin would say, uh, unlock the shock. Uh, so do not ever do that. Please do not ever do that. Uh, I will. I will play rank four dinosaurs, and you will hate your existence. Uh, next up is. Uh, I will also play rank four dinosaurs, and you'll
2: hate your existence. You
0: just. You can make. Uh, you can make shock master and then be like turn off monsters and or or like turn off like whatever you want. Um, and I bet you can do it. Shh shockingly easy okay all right the other limited card is a block dragon uh and it has moved from semi-limited to limited uh (laughs) Uh, how do you yeah yeah, uh, how do you feel about this one
2: (laughs) unlock the block in the tcg what can i say please don't do that (laughs) i'm not gonna lie to you i would be fine with
0: one block dragon in the tcg no, no, no,
2: give out emancipator something to work with I, give me a reason why you can't uh
0: there are uh, so you okay no so no you
2: know no that you're actually 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 i think oh, well. that emancipator has been power crept to the point that we can have one block dragon and i'm not kidding
0: i okay but why
2: uh this is like i to I saw make that. the to give the deck a boost in playability it's the same thing with orcas players wanting harp back it gives the deck a play. Like, think about, think about, like what the deck was doing before. You, do, you don't, you no longer have Aurora or Hauke Fibrex combos.
0: That's a big part of the deck, just gone. Yeah, but you also have Baron De Fleur and Dispatter and all like the other Synchro tools that exist. They're right doing now. that anyway. They think you Emancipator would turn into like the best Calamity Lock deck, if we're being real. Like, well, Centurion probably would be better, but still uh I, I the other thing too is that calamity block... lock uh, you think so yeah the level 12 you think it would be the best calamity lock deck i think what so. if we just ban calamity i don't think it's an issue i though. mean we could do that but the structure deck just came out uh <laughs> don't remind me uh, yeah um, what else we got uh i guess last thing uh, okay yeah well, block dragon at one uh i presume they're preparing to ban it like they have in um master duel uh Maybe slow steps to it, but anyway. Um, so the semi limited list what
2: do you mean preparing to ban it. They, they still have grass at three. What do you want? I mean, a master duel has grass at one, anyway. though, I think. But, um,
0: semi- actually, I think it's at two in the OCG. Probably right, whatever. Uh, so semi limited list, uh, Rescue Ace Airlifter has gone from unlimited to semi limited. Uh, Rescue Ace right now is the best deck in the OCG, and I think post list it probably still is um is yeah. their best starter so this does matter from a consistency perspective but it's like putting um it's like putting unicorn to two or it's like cool i guess you got one less starter yeah um uh pearly delicious memory from unlimited to semi-limited just a tap on the wrist uh these hits funny enough i think these hits are actually somewhat effective against pearly just because the the fewer spells that you have access to the the weaker yeah. playing the deck gets um yep it's a consistency hit yeah rivalry of warlords from unlimited to semi-limited sure (laughs) why would you do this I mean, I'm happy, but uh, do more.
2: Because of the best-of-one format in the OCG, they want to limit floodgates ever so slightly and make it slightly less consistent to draw them. But this is so stupid. Because even, guess what? In the OCG, they also have Pot of Prosperity, which means that the consistency of seeing anything is high.
0: Prosper
2: is limited in the OCG. They still have it, though. It doesn't matter if it's limited. I, I mean, the card's very existence means that every deck that plays it is just more consistent at seeing non-engine
0: it yeah. doesn't we, it's so stupid. as much as it sucks that people are like going to be excited to have the reprint in the rarity collection this card probably should just not exist um yeah none of them should none of the if, i've said this forever rivalry
2: goes in ticaboo, should all be banned not because necessarily of how crappy they are to play against and don't get me wrong they could be banned entirely based on that these cards should be banned because they're not intuitive they're so unintuitive as cards that they shouldn't exist how many times have you had to explain summoning something it's like oh yeah no you can't tribute summon this thing because you you would be attempting to summon something else even if it leaves the field first Yep. Like, like, how many times have you explained that you, under rivalry, you know, you can't link away, uh, you know, a 10-year, you know, if you normal summon Hara, you can't link it away into Link Kuribo under rivalry. Yep. Because even though you would link it away as cost, you still can't, like, infinite times. If I have to explain that one more time, it's like, dude, just ban it. Yeah. Nobody likes these cards anyway. Get rid of them.
0: The uh it they are like rivalry goes in match and there can be only one is like the o- like basically the only time that the TCG has come out and posted like a specific rulings document about a set of cards. Like this is a yeah. we, we do not have a rulings database and they had to come out with like a full blog post about how these cards worked. Um so And for- it
2: gets worse when you think about it though because These cards specifically, they also serve as problematic end board pieces because it's that piece of non-engine that you—it's like it's like anti spell fragrance. But I'm actually okay with anti spell fragrance because, while, while I know that you're not, and I understand why, I think anti spell fragrance actually has like a certain amount of counterplay. Whereas if I look at a format and I go, oh, everybody's playing decks with a bunch of different typings, I'll just play Rivalry in my Sword Soul deck. It's not a card that is going to affect the deck that it's in, right? Like Skill Drain, you can make the argument that it's going to affect both decks to some extent no matter what, right? Anti-Spell Fragrance will affect both decks that it's in to some extent no matter what because these are fundamental cards of the parts of the game. It's fundamental mechanics that you're turning off, but these cards don't turn off any particular fundamental mechanic, just bits and pieces that benefit or don't benefit a particular deck. Does that make sense?
0: I agree. I, we can have anti-spell discourse another time, but I agree with your larger point that it's like, it's about the reasonable existence of counterplay. Uh, and I think you're right yeah. that it's like in the decks that you can play those cards in, they are not hurt by them at all. And so it doesn't, it becomes like, yeah, it's kind of a weird cat and mouse game, but I I definitely agree with the overall it, sentiment. It's
2: one of the reasons that the Sword Soul branded matchup is so cancer is because at any given point in time, if you're playing Sword Soul, you can just flip Anti-Spell Fragrance, Rivalry of Warlords, or D-Barrier and End your opponent's turn and career. And if you're playing the Brandon matchup, you can just flip Tika or or uh, D Barrier at any point and end the soul player's career. Like these cards make these matchups like like without D Barrier, Tika Rivalry, or goes in like that would be one of the most interesting matches ever.
0: But because of the existence of these cards, it's just not interesting because these cards ended. You can uh, you can tell that we're fired up today. We have a lot to say about Yu-Gi-Oh today. Uh, no. Absolutely, <laughs> but not that we usually don't. But today, today we're today we're fueling the flames. So, rest of the list here: uh, semi limited, uh, Gears of the Orcus, Mech Knight. Who cares? Limited to semi limited, uh, Supreme King Dragon, Dark Worm. So stupid. Limited to semi limited. Um, they probably were just waiting to see if the Agov stuff would do anything. Since it didn't, you can have Dark Worm. Uh, Exactly. Drag- Dragonic diagram limited to semi limited does matter. Uh it matters for dinosaur specifically. Uh there's been like some like rumblings in the OCG of some dino stuff. Uh, there have been a couple of like local events it started to creep into. Uh diagram to two matters for the combo stuff. And it also means that Draco might be able to play again. Unlikely, but possible. Uh Fluandre's in the Magnificent Map to two is interesting. Um the OCG specifically has really really been very hard on Wanderies. so it's interesting to see that they're kind of easing up on it a bit um yeah yeah unlimited i'm fine
2: with this i mean i it, the fluanderies map because it's just, it's just a slight consistency
0: boost this is not the end of the world yep uh unlimited uh armageddon Knight semi-limited unlimited this is interesting i've heard people talk about doing this in the tcg and honestly it is not the card is really really good right it's like it's unbelievably it good But it's good in, like, YouTube combo decks. (laughs) So Exactly. Although, with Revolution Synchron being a thing, I I do not want to know what you can do with Armageddon Knight and Rev Synchron. Uh, This is interesting. Super Heavy Samurai Bike, Semi-Limited to Unlimited. Uh, They're easing up on Super Heavy hits. This is fine. This is probably, honestly, because Block Dragon went uh, down to one. Because that was, like, the version of the deck people were playing in the OCG was the Ademancipator Super Heavy um yeah this one is so prank kids meow meow moo went from two to the three only one that matters in the ocg yeah there's only there's only one that really matters um i've seen people talk about bringing this back in the tcg uh
2: i'm just gonna say light stage to three also that's the last yeah, card yeah, it doesn't matter we're gonna focus on matter. meow meow
0: i hope that this car never comes off the list in the tcg uh i think i agree i think it's a design mistake i do feel bad for the prank kids players because it's like it's such a huge difference as to whether your deck is like playable at all to way too good. Um, I think if the if the if Konami had decided to hit the adventure engine, that it could come back. Uh, but it, with the adventure engine, it's just way too strong.
2: I think that people that want Meow Meow Move to come back are the same kind of people that want Tier Limit Kick Kalos to come back. <laughs>
0: That's, they true. Are, That's a great comparison.
2: Well, here's the thing. It every time I hear no, Kikalos is fine, Kikalos can come back, it's the same thing. I hear the same thing as no, meow meow would be fine, meow meow can come back. The cat did nothing wrong. It's like it just reminds me of like the rage comic guy where he's just like angry with red eyes, like screaming. And it's like, you know you're being unreasonable. This card should not be coming back. Just because the OCG is being stupid, like okay, they also have three Maxi. Do you want three Maxi? No, you don't want three Maxi. You don't. <laughs> nobody actually wants. Like the, this 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 segment of the population that actually wants three Maxi disappeared when Master Drill came out, and they realized how cancer and toxic that card is.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Like, and what's crazy is that's true. The within like a month of master Door releasing everybody had unanimously agreed no this card sucks i don't want this card back at all i remember because they realized that Emancipator going full combo is bad enough if they also have max c it's just unwinnable
0: so it's interesting that's what uh i guess my my last tidbit for the episode uh that's exactly what joshua schmidt was saying Because I believe it was, like, a month after it released. He was like, "Uh, Maxi, honestly, is, like, not that bad. And it's like, there's a bunch of other stuff here that's an issue. And so we don't have to worry Mm -hmm. about it. And then I think nine months later, he was like, just get rid of this card, please. It's just... We can't do this anymore. Yeah. Like...
2: Yeah. I mean, people... People were apologists for Maxi. They were like, no, it could balance the game. You know, it could bring us to a place where like everybody plays a little more conservatively and mid-ranging It's going to slow the game down. It's like, no, you play for your combo. If they max see you, you still combo knowing that yes, they have 20 cards in their hand, but most of the cards in their hand are a hard once per turn. So their combo lines stay the same. They just, they can only do so much. And if you make an unbreakable board, it doesn't matter if they max seed you or if you max seed them or not because you still can only do so much into their unbreakable board. And then if you follow that up with, oh, they also have a max seed of their own, you just lose the game. Mm-hmm. Like, like, like uh, it's so stupid. I People realize this and now nobody in the TCG that's sane is asking for max seed back anymore because they all understand how bad it is. Speaking of uh, max seed pack, uh, why don't we read some patron names? <laughs> Absolutely. So a huge thank you to all of our wonderful patrons, starting with Bring Red Reboot Back to Three, Kane, Martin, Zyphorus, Big Stinky, Blois' Best, Copium, Dr- Ding Dong, Sosis, The Yang Zin, Gold Secrets, Coming Back, When Konami, Got My Ash, Beat by Crossout Designator, HGH Cyber, I Used to Play Rogue, but then my mom got a job, Is Canada, Nickelback, John Hill Mountain Man, Oatmeal Spaghetti, Owen Alvarado, Pistol Place Pendulums, Sallow on my Mangrate till I Redacted. <laughs> That's good. Silver Hope, understanding and reading are two different things. Virtually savior's World, as anyone read to Toy Vendor, it's kind of like reading Miscars, Aaron Garner, Alexander Chan, Asami, Ashless Chaps, atseo sympath the Silver Castle, Blackwing Silver, in the Ascendant is the best floodgate, box wine. Come on and get your game on duty booty. Dragon Maidenless Behavior I'm about to truth across these plant nuts in your mouth. Level 4 Fire Warrior Gaming Lama, yama Cam Sarama Maxi Pack, Neshi, Old Man Red, Pinko 143, and Slaking It Up. Thank you all so much for your continued support of the podcast. Uh, until next time and this is going to be a shocking development
0: but i hope you have a great day enjoy the new format everybody uh with uh with a new ban list it's going to be a, a new frontier <laughs> this one was weak have a good night guys yeah <laughs>